Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thanks to uh, Pastor David Miles, who just walked out the door. What a great time with him. And it's going to be a great hour coming up. Dr. Paul Kengor is going to be joining me. And, you know, Paul has written a number of books, and he uh, has written uh, A Pope and the President, uh, The Divine Plan. He's written The Politically Incorrect Guide to Communism. And I'm going to be real curious to get his uh, take on what's going on in Iowa tonight and to find out the surge of uh, uh, Senator Sanders and his message of socialism and how that would affect um, our country uh, going forward. Now, I don't know if you have made yourself aware that we give regular giveaways on Faith Radio, and I don't know why you wouldn't get in the drawing to win one of these one of these giveaway items we have. This month, we're giving away the Tony Evans Study Bible. It is... Uh, really a beautiful, beautiful Bible. And you know God's Word. It's the only thing that has the power to transform lives. And this uh, study Bible will combine lessons on kingdom living, and it's got some inspirational articles in it, and also some of Dr. Evans' own sermons and study notes. So it is the uh, study Bible that I think you would love getting your hands on. So all you have to do is go to MyFaithRadio.com and enter the drawing. We're giving away one Bible a week Uh, We're starting this week, and we're going to be doing it for the whole month. So go ahead and get in on that, because it's uh, a beautiful Bible. All right, let's take a a little short break, and we'll be back. We live in a connected world, but no advancement in technology can offer real peace, hope, or encouragement. You can use technology to stay connected to the true source of life, God, when you download the free Faith Radio Network app. The app allows you to listen to previously aired programs, read articles, and listen to the live stream. Search for Faith Radio Network in your app store to download the free Faith Radio Network app today. Thanks for being part of the family of Faith Radio. Well, it's been around a long time, and it's been fairly constant, and I like that they're fairly um, even, not way out there, so that's what I like about it. I have been active with BSF for a while, and um, that's what turned me on to your radio station, so it's been about 12 or 13 years, and it's been wonderful. The teaching is amazing. I've supported the station for probably 35 years. It's encouragement and hope for your daily journey. Faith Radio. Hi, I'm Ted Ross with the Faith in Life Minute. It's so easy to get off track when you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Counselor and life coach Holly Girth has written the book, You're Already Amazing, and she has this encouragement for you today. We all have our different ways of sabotaging ourselves, which means that we're going through something hard and we make choices to feel better in the moment that actually make things even harder. So pausing and say, what do I tend to do? What do I tend to go to instead of God? Is it food? Is it a substance? Is it shopping? Is it something good in my life that's just not the best in those moments? And then saying, God, what do you want to give me instead? And especially calling on trusted friends and saying, you know what? 
I'm going through a hard time, and I need you to help me not make it worse. Pray for me and walk through this with me and let me process and figure out some new patterns so that I don't sabotage myself. Some great words of hope from Holly Girth. Hear more from her at MyFaithRadio.com. Faith Radio is a media outreach of University of Northwestern St. Paul. Our mission is to lead people to Christ and to nurture believers in their faith through Christ-centered media. We do that by providing relevant Bible preaching and family-focused teaching, along with interactive talk programming that helps you in your daily life and points us all back to Jesus. You can also find helpful articles and podcast links for many topics on our website, myfaithradio.com. Welcome back to the show. Awfully glad to uh, have you with me today. I hope your weekend was good. There's been quite a bit of uh, controversy about the game, although the game was pretty exciting. There was uh, some talk about uh, the commercials, and I don't want to spend too much time on those. Some were entertaining. Others were kind of dull. Most of them, I thought, were uh, kind of forgettable. And then the halftime show was just, uh, you know, I did hear quite a number of things from believers and I'm kind of all in the same camp that says that was pretty vulgar. I didn't like it at all. And uh, we've had some listeners chime in. If you uh, also have a thought, text it to me. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about that. 877-933-2484. You know, it's kind of a family-friendly uh, event. And what I saw at halftime was, uh, you know, pretty disgusting. And I didn't think it was uh, it was memorable. I didn't think it was entertaining. And maybe I just am from a time when I thought the best halftime entertainment are artists who have got really memorable songs and they're belting them out and usually have fans singing along. I remember Billy Joel or Paul McCartney or some of the other artists that got up and did their music and they had the whole uh, stadium singing along with them. So it was always, um, always interesting to see what they're going to come up with. I know there's, um, Usually a reason that they do what they do, of course, and I think uh, Pepsi is the primary sponsor, so they're the one laying out all the money, and they probably get to have a big decision in who they hire. But um, anyway, if, if you have a thought, I'd love to hear from you because I don't think I'm alone in this one. I had uh, another one, another listener say, yeah, it was vulgar at best. I think I've used that word myself today. Um, 877-933-2484. I know in the meantime, we're going to try to connect to Dr. Paul Kingor. I know he's uh, a busy guy, and I think he had class, and then he had to run from class to his office to get on the phone to be with us. But um, I'm just uh, still curious uh, how you're handling those conversations around the water fountain with people, and if you're looking for an opportunity to say what you thought and say, you know what, that that didn't really work for me, or I thought it was uh, kind of disgusting or I thought it was too sexualized or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big audience. There's 102 million people watching that, that game, and that's a pretty big audience. So once again, we got that sort of uh, pushed, at, pushed on us, and I didn't like it. Um, and here's a listener. Emily said, I watched the game but not the halftime show. Uh, maybe if millions of us tune out during just the halftime show, they will realize 
They need to do something differently. And that's probably a wise, wise statement. I really like that. Thanks, Emily, for writing in. All right, I'm going to take a little break. And then when I come back, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Paul Kengor with me. back to the show a whole bunch of other listeners chimed in and said you know we just turned it off during the halftime you know turn it back on for the game and uh, one listener said you know even during the game they flashed images of these scantily clad girls on the screen um so we just uh, turned it off so good for you um dr paul kengor is my guest and he has written a number of books uh pope and a president the divine plan the politically incorrect guide to communism and much more. He is my go-to person uh, for a lot of reasons. Paul, welcome back. Hey, Bill. Good to be back. Am I your go-to guy for talking about um, communism, girls, socialism, uh, pole dancing? No, or, no, uh, <laughs> no. I was thinking more about communism and socialism. And <laughs> and I'm watching Life, Liberty, and Levin, and, and he mentions your name on the show. Mark Levin did. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, he's he's a good guy. I, I, and um, I did that show, I think, a year or two ago. Um, but but boy, you you have me intrigued with your your previous discussion. I got to weigh in on this. Can I? Can no, I please my go ahead. Down? Yeah. <laughs> so I um, the way I watch any football game now, and being from Pittsburgh, I'm a fanatical Steelers fan, as you can imagine. But I, I start the game about a half hour late, and I just skip through all the commercials. That's so smart. Yeah, they're all awful. They're all really horrific, and I'm not interested in watching the Super Bowl commercials because they usually just reflect re- reflect the culture, and mm-hmm. so I don't even want to play a part in it. And when I noticed that uh, Shakira and J Lo were going to be doing the halftime show, I guess I noticed that quite a while ago because I watched football all year. I thought, uh, well, that's exactly what we're going to get, right? And and so I did. Um, I did kind of zoom through the halftime show very quickly just to get a very quick glimpse to see if it was as bad as I thought it would be. And it was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said to my one son and his friend, they're both Grove City College students, I said, you know, I didn't see Shakira there. And so I, I kind of backed up and said, okay, I see her. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, then I passed her. Then my daughter came in, who's 16 years old, and she said, Dad, I, I, I don't understand what people find attractive about that. And I said, well, it is your dad. I don't want to comment on that, for one thing. And then, and then, and then she said, and I don't understand why girls would do that. And and I said, well, you're right. They shouldn't do that. And people shouldn't find that attractive. And I said, that's really not attractive. That was basically looked like a, like a strip show. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then what really gets me, Bill, is the NFL is going to have the audacity to do all their hashtag me too stuff. Right. To talk about guys like, um, you know, Antonio Brown, right. former Steeler and how he treats women. Right. All of which I agree with him on all that stuff. And then they go and they feed and they foment it by putting on you know, a strip show at, at halftime. Mm. You know, the, the, these kind of mixed messages that are wildly secular, hedonistic culture is, is sending out is it's it's really it's really quite extraordinary. And, and then, of course, they had the RuPaul drag queen commercial i think i didn't see it but at least i heard it was going to come and and they vetoed the the pro-life commercial I know. so it's all just um outrageous and you know we all just lay down and take it accept it and watch it and i it's 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 a shame 
Yeah, I'm sure the NFL is against sexualizing women, right? Hmm. Right. How's right. that work? And, and it's and it's exactly what they did. And, and by the way, you know, the the good question to ask here when you're watching this is, you know, what in the world does this have to do with football, right? Right. Uh, you know, what the, these these shows what do they have to do with football? And and I mean, maybe I I know this might sound lame, but you know, the most entertaining halftime shows I've been to is where they. You know, bring ten people on the field and see who can kick a sixty-yard field goal. <laughs> whoever, whoever can do it wins a hundred thousand dollars. Right? I, I'd watch that. I, 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 All day I, long. I, I'd sit there. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd grab a beer and watch that. But but yeah, but to but to watch this, I mean, it is. Um, it, it it's just how outrageous the the NFL is, which is what happens. You know, the NFL is is located headquartered. Not in Green Bay, you know. Not in uh, anywhere in you know in, in the heartland, uh, in the Midwest. It's located in Manhattan, and and it, it completely reflects, you know, what Ted Cruz once said about Donald Trump. Uh, you know, New York values, hmm. and that that's what we got again there last night. I did not know the NFL was in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it, it couldn't be at a place more completely divorced and separated. From its fan base, I mean, you know, your typical NFL fan is like a NASCAR guy, right? right? And they they seem to think it's you know Colin Kaepernick or you know somebody uh, you know in 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 Manhattan at at, at a Starbucks. I mean, they they just they they don't they don't get it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of the uh, Iowa caucus tonight, and it looks as if uh, Senator Sanders has quite a bit of momentum, and his message is very much that of a socialist. Yes, and and I mean we are on the verge of something historic here, Bill. If if you have a lifetime bona fide self-admitted socialist winning, you know, the Democratic primary, at least the the first stop in the primary in Iowa, it looks like that's what's going to happen. And that's that's you know, to quote Bernie, that's a revolution. <laughs> that, that that is that's really pretty shocking. And, and this is somebody who was was a member of the Socialist Workers Party. He was an actual presidential or elector to the Socialist Workers Party in 1980. Socialist Workers Party is a Trotskyist organization. So you had the you know the, the Bolsheviks were Lenin, Stalin, and Trotsky. The Socialist Workers Party are Trotskyist. They published the the publication The Militant. If anybody's sitting at home in front of their computer, Google Lee Harvey Oswald Militant, and you can see a picture of. Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, the man who assassinated John F. Kennedy, holding up a copy of the militant in one hand and the rifle that he shot JFK with it in the other hand. It's a it's a indeed militant extremist fanatical party, and it looks like a guy who was a member of that party is um, probably going to win the Democratic uh, the caucus tonight in Iowa. Well, how do you make sense of that, Paul? When you, you think. Bernie doesn't even really identify as a Democrat. He says social, Democratic Socialist. Isn't that how he identifies himself? It is. And and the same with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's probably the, the real star in the party right now. Right? Probably only a matter of time before she runs for president. But she you know, she's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA, as is Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. And more and more of those, I think there are now there's I think there's close to a dozen DSA members in Congress, and they are pro- they're planning to run about 30 of them this year against Democrats and in, in Democratic primaries against moderate Democrats, 
and Democratic strongholds. So if they really get their way, there could be a couple dozen AOCs, Ilhan Omars, in in the in Congress in the next in the after after uh, November 2020. Mm-hmm. Paul, 22 million pro-life Democrats are they welcome? Uh, no, they're not. They're not by the. They're not welcomed by the party. Yeah, that's what Pete Buttigieg said to um, Kristen. I forget her last name. The head of Democrats for Life. That of the roughly two dozen Democrats that 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 stepped up to run against Donald Trump there a few months ago, every single one of them is you know quote unquote pro-choice and and very rapidly so. They're against, not in favor of of many restrictions at all on abortion. I wrote a piece for American Spectator a week or two ago, actually it was for the day of the March for Life, called Pro-Abortion, Pro-Choicers, where, where I know this, this kind of new breed of, of pro-choicer who you – know, they, they used to say, Bill, well, I, yeah, I'm not pro-abortion. I'm pro-choice. I don't actually support abortion. I support a woman's right to choose. But, but there are now groups out there like uh, hashtag shout your abortion. There, there are now kind of radical feminists out there currently who, who are who are pro-abortion. They're flat-out pro-abortion, and the Democratic Party just moves further and further to the left on that. I think what Pete Buttigieg was saying there too is, there's no way you could be a pro-life Democrat and get the nomination in in, in, in today's party. And Joe Biden learned that. Not that he was ever pro-life, but Joe Biden once supported the Hyde Amendment. Mm-hmm. Which, which said that you know people should be able to cite their freedom of conscience and religious objection, and not have to pay for other people's abortions. But he he flipped on that under pressure from liberals in his party in the primary. So you know the party of JFK and Harry Truman, which was once about God, guns, labor, anti-communist, anti-socialist, pro-life, church. It's it's just it's just completely gone. Well, there are a whole bunch of Democrats that are starting to panic, aren't they? I mean, um, I I overheard John Kerry was talking about saying that this is uh, collapsing the Democratic Party if Bernie st- starts to win Iowa and New Hampshire and all that. Well, it it it, it should, Bill, and the and and Bernie, who the last time I checked was just this morning, it was the real clear politics averages. He's I think he's up twenty four twenty in the polls in Iowa, which means he really should win tonight. Mm-hmm. And in New Hampshire, he's up by even more than that. I think he's up by like eight points in New Hampshire. And they actually run the Las Vegas betting odds <laughs> on uh, who's who to bet on, who's who the the highest odds are for getting the Democratic nomination. And Bernie's the highest he's ever been. He's at almost forty percent. And Biden, I think, is around thirty. And Bernie has. He's he's now double where Elizabeth Warren was. He's just blown right past her. He's uh, Pete Buttigieg for a while was was number one throughout most of December in both New Hampshire and and Iowa, and he's now slipped to third, fourth, maybe even fifth place. But he, uh, yeah, the the party should be worried about this. Mm-hmm. And, and and of and of all those Democrats. He's probably the only one who who would would probably easily lose to Donald Trump. So you know, they, they their their real goal is to defeat Donald Trump and nominating an old cranky you know Brooklyn born Vermont raised socialist you know the uh, former Trotskyist that sounds to me like you know not a real surefire recipe for defeating Donald Trump. Yeah, well the the differences will be pretty uh, pretty large, won't they? 
Yes, yes, I, I would think so. Yeah. So, Paul, when students come into your class and they they start talking about the idea that they wouldn't mind some free stuff along the way, that sounds pretty good to them. And the socialism doesn't sound like that bad of a deal. What What is your reaction to that? Well, I'm at Grove City College, so we're <laughs> one of only about a dozen, maybe two dozen colleges where we don't t- typically get students like that. But it's funny. We, we had a discussion today. In, in my Marxism course, right? I, I teach a course here on Marxism. Probably ought to be called anti-Marxism. <laughs> but, 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 one, but one of my students said that of, of, of all the things, he disagrees with Bernie on basically everything, but the only thing that he's really sympathetic on is the ridiculous cost of higher education. And, and I said, well, yeah, you know, I agree with that, but who runs the universities? Liberals. I mean, you know, it's like 90% self-identified liberal. That's that's where the universities are. So, uh, yeah, I, if they want to do something about that, you think that they would look to their own. But they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get free tuition. That's 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 not going to happen. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. That most of the universities are liberal, and and they're the ones that are that are raising the prices of of college. Couldn't they make it more affordable for kids? Well, you, yeah, you you would hope so, but uh, I mean, part of it you got teachers who teach maybe one or two courses a year. They take sabbatical. A lot of them end up in unions, teachers' unions, and then they just simply you know, they they overprice, they price gouge. My daughter is applying to several colleges right now, and they range from. Anywhere from twenty five thousand thirty thousand a year that's the cheapest to seventy thousand a year and in fact, two of them are seventy thousand a year now, now the truth is that most of those colleges will they won't force students to pay that a lot of that is inflated, and then they're going to tell them, "Hey, we gave you a fifty percent scholarship mm-hmm. and they, they do that as kind of a slick way to try to bring people in the doors but but if they get if they get a parent that's worth a couple million bucks, like oh Bernie Sanders, who's <laughs> whose estimated net worth is at least two million dollars, and that doesn't include his three houses that he paid five hundred thousand dollars each for. I wrote a piece on this called Bernie's Billionaires. If people want to see the data, uh, but you know, unless unless the parents have a pile of money, they're usually not going to charge the students the full amount for that. But for the parents that do. Yeah, they'll they'll get them. They'll get them for it. They'll get them for the seventy thousand. Yeah, so interesting, Paul. I I just love talking to you, and I I appreciate you taking the time on your very busy Monday to uh, chat with me and let our listeners hear what's going on in your world. Where could they access that article you just referenced? Well, thanks, Bill. Right, so I write for the American Spectator, which is Spectator dot org, and just type in my name, and that article is called Bernie's Billionaires. Okay. And I also did one there called. Um, pro-abortion, pro-choicers. But I, if you just go to the American Spectator, there's a whole article archive there for me because I, I write there once or twice a week. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. I have a great rest of the week. Okay. Thanks, yep. Bill. Dr. Paul Kengor has been my guest. Go to theamericanspectator.com to learn about his uh, blog and his writing and also to amazon.com for one of his many books. We'll take a short break and be back with uh, Pastor Sean Winters.
right, I'm glad to have Pastor Sean Winters in the studio. Sean is a senior pastor at Calvary Church. And I'm looking at his bio, which I like to look at from time to time. I usually do it a couple of times a week. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure just, you just, do. Yeah. Just for fun. Just, just yeah. See how it's changed. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And it says you're beloved Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. Did you go to school there? Uh, I did not. Okay. But, um, I pastored a church in central Kansas. My wife was born in Kansas, and three of our kids were born there. Okay, cool. But but 10 winter times in Kansas, there's not much going on. <laughs> yeah. And Kansas Jayhawks, a pretty good thing going on. I so, bet. I yeah, bet. Just huge Jayhawk fans. Well, they're, they've got a big fan base, don't they? They, they do. Huge. Yeah. And it, it's just a, it's a storied program. It's, you know, they say it's one of the blue bloods, but yeah. um, they, <laughs> and they're doing well again this year. They're number three, but you know, who's, who's watching? You know, no one's track. counting. Yeah. Now, I don't think I've had a chance to say happy new year to you yet. That's your first time in yeah. in the studio yeah, this year. It's so you. nice to have you here and 2020. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, we've got the topic of uh, worry today that I think we're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah. I, are you worried about that? I'm, I'm, I've been worried ever yeah. since I heard about the topic of worry. And so help, help me eliminate some of my worry. Well, I, I, um, you know, I think worry is something that's common to all of us. We, we think through life and we've got issues and challenges, but let me just paint us a little scenario. So Bill or Rebecca has, um, what, whatever form of communication you get a text, you get an email that says, um, we need to talk. Could be from a loved one. It could be from a parent. It could be from tax accountant. It could be from a doctor, but just a simple message that we need to talk, um, causes something to trigger inside of us. And it can be, could be confusion. You're not sure what they're doing, but it could be worry. It could be fear, but it's gotta be worry. You know, like what's going on? Absolutely. We need to talk. Yeah. So, Bill, we need to talk. Well, I mean, that, that to me has never really been good news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if someone is insisting. And, and so there's, there's little things, but that's just like if we could all just imagine that the feeling of just looking at that for a minute and go, what goes on on the inside? What's our first reaction? How do we handle that? Um, you know, hopefully that, that conversation happens sooner rather than later and it's not surprising and, and you get to resolve whatever the issue is, and, and maybe it's just for fun. But, but the idea of worry, so we can worry about kids, we can worry about finances, we can worry about our health, we can worry about just a, a ton of things. And then the, the reason I uh, want, want to just have us think and start there is because Jesus' surprising words in the Sermon on the Mount starts out, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Which I think, okay, so what's the resolution there? Because I do worry. Um, and I want to change that to say, hey, when you worry. But he says, therefore, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Then he uses some examples. He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of them by worrying, or can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Um, he goes on. Why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Uh, we'll go on, we'll finish it. But it's just a, he starts out with this great challenge, don't worry. 
Don't worry about what you wear. Um, don't worry about these things. And then he points to some really practical examples and says, hey, God's, God's kind of got this. And, and, and I think, you know, just trying to think through where, where worry comes from. And uh, a lot of times worry comes from forgetting about God and forgetting what he's called us to do and worrying that we're not accomplishing something that maybe God hasn't even asked us to do. So I, I, I like to think about my starting point here is, you know, what race am I running? Am I running somebody else's race? Am I, am I in this? Is this what God has asked me to do? And if not, then, then I probably don't need to worry about it. Sean, it's just, again, I've read this a hundred times or 200 times, but again, just Matthew six twenty five. therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. It, it's just so clear, so challenging, mm-hmm. and and seemingly impossible. It's like, well, yeah, you know, that's I, my feeling too. Right? I've, yeah, I've got to. Like, if I don't, who won't? You know, who will cover it? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and then he, you know, and and so I think he he does that probably to grab everyone's attention, like he does you and I. He, he's saying, hey, listen up. Um, instead of saying, listen up, he says, don't worry. And honestly, I, th- I think I've read it uh, 200 times as well. And, and I think I need to go back and just kind of review this. And so I was like, yeah, I need to go back and review this again. And maybe someone out there listening today thinks we need to review it as well. Don't worry. Don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, drink, what you're going to wear. Um, God's got you. We, we, need to, we need to run the race God has marked for us. We need to do it with diligence. We need to do it with intentionality. Um, but... But God says, hey, look at the birds. Um, look at the grass. I, I don't know if, you, if you've ever planted a tree. Um, at our house, we've planted two or three trees. One we purchased, one we got as a volunteer. And, and I remember the one we purchased. We paid, I don't know, two, three hundred bucks for a tree. It was a major investment. We had a 30% off coupon. Um, we, we planted it according to the directions. We watered it according to the directions. We bought special soil and everything. I mean, you know, we just, I don't think that tree once worried about growing. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I tell you, I was, you know, I wrapped the bark the first two winter times because I didn't want it to split, yeah. and, you know, and I kind of staked it out. And, and that tree is beautiful. It's a, it's a red maple and it's just gorgeous and it's huge. And I planted it too close to the house and it's taken over. <laughs> but I worry about that stuff, but the trees don't. Right? And the grass doesn't worry. And God says there's something that should be instructive there. So we ask, what is that? Mm-hmm. Do we need to balance worry? Do we sometimes think, okay, let's pray that God is in control. He's sovereign. He's, he has this. But maybe I still need to worry about making it happen. Yeah, I We've think got that, lots of things that require our, our initiative. Yep. And, and, and I think that's where the what I would draw kind of a line in my own life where I say, you know, this needs initiative, but it doesn't need my worry. Mm-hmm. So, so this needs my attention. And, and this may be even, you know, I probably won't send a, a scary text like I know we need to talk, but, but I might initiate a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that intentionality, absolutely. I think life takes work. And Paul says, man, I work, you know, I'm going to expend myself, all my energy, it's Christ who works in me, giving the power, but man, it's a ton of energy. 
It's a ton of initiative, but then there's something that just kind of tweaks, <laughs> and it's that worry, um, the the kind that keeps you up at night, or the kind that when you wake up in the you know morning you can't fall back asleep because it's just, and, and that's where I'm at, and and it's something I pray about a lot. I pray that God, you just just take this. I, you know, might be family, might be friends, might be health of. Uh, you know, people that are really important to me, it might be a business issue mm-hmm. you know, or a ministry issue. It's something that's just weighing on me. So that intentionality, but I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry because I'm going to let it go. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to use that as a signal to say, okay, um, Christ, when he said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat. He spends a lot of time kind of explaining this. and He goes at it a couple different times. Um, don't labor, spin. I think what he is reminding his hearers there and reminding us today is that God sees, God cares. He doesn't promise he's going to resolve all of our problems. You know, we're going to work at things and not get our way. But he's going to watch over us. He, he knows what's going on. He, he watches birds in the air. Um, he, he, he sees the grass in the field that we think, that's too long, let's mow it. You know, that that if he's going to take care of the birds, if he's going to take care of the the grass in the field, you know, how much more valuable are we than those things? So, Sean, do you have any little exercises that you put yourself through when you say, all right, a month ago, I was worried that I was going to need a root canal and it was going to be $2,000 and I don't have $2,000. And so you spent, you know, a week worrying about that, and then you go to the dentist, and they said, "Ah, you're fine. Yeah. You're yeah. fine. You don't yeah. need nothing." Did my dentist and, call you? No, he no. didn't. But okay. <laughs> you walk, you walk out of there, and you go, yeah. "Okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore." And yeah. I certainly spent a week worrying about it, worrying about money I didn't have to spend on a dental procedure I never needed to do, and now that's off the list. Yeah. So, what are you worrying about today that's going to be off the list in a week? Right. What's the cycle? I mean, what can we do practically that says, let's, let's be realistic about this? Yeah, Calvin Coolidge, who was the 30th president of the United States, had, had all these numbers. And, and he said, you know, nine times out of 10, the trouble runs off the road before it even gets to you. And another time, you know, four out of five times, it doesn't. You know, it's this kind of idea that we, we worry about. Like you said, we anticipate problems that never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, so the question is habits practices, even, even simple things. Um, I, I, you know, I probably, the, the simple, most common thing is to pray. So spending time in prayer, but also praying when, when worry pops up, say, Lord, I, I'm not alone in this. Lord, you're here with me in this. Um, God, I, I, I just kind of surrender this again. Um, part of the worry challenge is if we do it in isolation, if nobody else knows about that worry. Mm. So it's talking to a friend saying, man, I think I'm going to get a root canal. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow just even unloading that piece of it kind of helps. It's a shared burden. Um, you know, there's a challenge coming up or financially things are really tight right now. And I'm not sure how we're going to get when, when you just carry that all by yourself. Uh, I think it's a double load, and when you can kind of unload it, it's half a load. It's it's good math. So so sharing that with somebody else, praying about it, um, uh, you know, another just practical. Sometimes worries are are big things that are pretty complicated, and breaking bigger tasks down to smaller tasks. 
and uh, and then say, okay, I'm just going to mark a couple things off the list. I can't take care of it all this week. Mm-hmm. I can't take care of it all this month, but I'm just going to mark a couple things. So off baby the list. steps, baby steps. So that's kind of what you're step. suggesting. <laughs> well, I I, think, I love that. Yeah, I think I think it helps. I think I don't know. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. I mean, if you just chip away at little stuff and go, I can't solve this today, but I can at least, um, you know, I love this idea that you maybe call a friend or a loved one and say, I'm kind of sweating it out right now. I'm, I might need a root canal and, and A, I don't like pain and B, yeah. I don't have two grand laying around. So just pray that it all goes well. Yeah. And, and it, and it may end up that the root canal happens and, and you've, You've got to work yourself through those things, and you've got to pay for that Absolutely. in due time. But you yeah. can chip away at how you pay for those. But again, it's saying I don't want to. I don't want to lose that week ahead of time. Right. Um, I'm going to lose some time. Yeah. I think Christ understands that we will face times of worry. We'll face times of anxiety. But it's it's to say, you know, are you able to deal with those with the sense that God is God is sovereign, God is in charge. God cares deeply and understands intimately what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And there's this wonderful promise in that. And then you know, down at the end, and I, I think this is his thunder. He says, hey, you know, the pagans run after. Pagans is an interesting word. We're not real, you know, we don't use that a lot in culture now. But it's those who don't have a construct with God in it. So those who, who've, who've worked hard at kind of building life and they're trying to carry things without God in it. They run after all these things, just like you and I do. But we have this added advantage to say, hey, God's in the, in the picture. God's in this with us. And it says, and <laughs> if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's going to add all these things to us. It says, therefore, um, don't worry about tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble of its own. So a couple of things there. One is, what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? kingdom-minded above the worries that we face. And then what's the promise there that if we'll do that, then he will give us all these things as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Two ideas. One is that kingdom has got to be more important than my list. You know, that if we're about the kingdom, saying, hey, God's got a purpose in this. God's okay, I just, got that, just got that email. We need to talk. You know, God, you, you, you got something going on here? For your glory and my good, I'm going to just step into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to run out of the room in this conversation, and, and I'm just going to walk through it. But it's about your kingdom. You're with me. I'm watching. I'm watching for your lead, and I'm going to try to honor the people in, in the conversation. I'm, Let, let's hold up on point two okay. after the break. Is that all right? Yep. Good. Pastor Sean Winters is in studio, Calvary Church. We'll take a little break. Be right back. back with Pastor Sean Winters. He's at Calvary Church. Go to calvarychurch.us. See his good-looking picture. Talking about worry today. I think this is something we should talk about regularly because I know a lot of people never get on the other side of it. They work hard to not be worriers, but then something triggers them and they're back into their worry camp. And they say they're giving God whatever it is they're struggling with. And then they somehow drag it back back into their own worry bucket. 
Yeah, it seems to land there quickly, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. Yeah, it yep. just kind of pops in there. Yeah, the, the end of this section that Jesus taught, he said, um, you know, therefore don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, and sometimes we just take some consolation from that saying, you know, th- th- there's going to be stuff I- I'm just trying to get through today. And and sometimes the the worries build up and and that's that's where we need to focus. We need to stay present in the moment. We need to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on today, today. I'm going to step through these things. And I'm going to do my very best. Um, I had a, a mentor friend of mine that, that said, hey, you need to plan your work and then work your plan. So you get, get the beginning of the week, you kind of make out a plan or at the beginning of the day, however you do that, you, you plan your work and then you work the plan. And I added a third step to that. I said, at the end of that day, at the end of that list, there's always things. I'm, I'm a list maker and I make too many things on every day's list. At the end of that, I, I give the rest to God. I said, God, thank you for helping me get through as much as I did. Um, there's three or four things here that I should have done instead of being hard on myself, worrying about, you know, how's there, I, I just give that to God. Um, he's omnipotent. I'm not, he's all powerful. He can get his list done. I can't get mine done. And, and I need to do the rest of this day. Well, I need to do family. I need to do friends. Um, I need rest. Uh, God's God's going to stay on the watch, and and so each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow morning, His mercies are new in the morning. I and love I'm that. Get up, yeah. And and part of the mercies is to to tackle the next next day, the worries of that day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do struggle with worry, it's not a bad idea to go on the old internet and do a just a, a Google search of great quotes about worry. Yeah. Um, Corey Tenboom says, "Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow." It empties today of its strength. There you go. Case closed. Yeah. No further questions, Your Honor. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you learn, you hear stuff like that, and you go, that's so right. Yeah. That's really true. And and I think that, you know, there there would be some people who tend to worry more and maybe some who tend to worry less. Um, the, the responsible, the people that show high on responsibility, whatever strength that might be, you know, that, that they're carrying those loads. And, and we need, again, we go back to that issue of saying, hey, this, don't carry it by yourself, that we're part of a community, and my hope is that everyone's a part of a community of faith, that they can just say, hey, here's my load, here's, here, here's the, the kids and the pressures of the day, here's, here's my workload, here's some of my family emotional dynamics going on right now, just help me carry this. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's another good line. Benjamin Franklin said, do not anticipate trouble or worry about what may never happen. Keep it in the sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. And the Hakuna Matata just said, you know, just put your worries behind you. Just run away from them. (laughs) It's a problem-free philosophy. Yeah. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. (laughs) But you can certainly um, put yourself, do a lot of self-sabotaging. Pretty easily. Yes, you can. If you uh, develop what I call awfulizing, which is you project some event in the future and you predict or, or walk through its outcome and then you insert it into your head today as if it happened. Yeah. It's such a waste of time because worrying never changes any outcome, does it? It, it doesn't. And, and yet we are, we're very adept at what you just described. And, and I think it happens uh, without us even maybe being aware of it happening, mm-hmm. 
you, you know, we just fill in the blanks and we say that was the most awful of outcomes. And, and then, um, you know, that, that that's going to happen. It's, it's absolutely going to happen or it did yeah. happen. And yeah, our hearts are damaged though, Sean, aren't they? I mean, sometimes people will do that awfulizing exercises because when it, when the day comes and it doesn't happen the way they thought it might, they feel relieved hmm. because reality came up against what they constructed in their head yeah. and somehow they feel relief yeah. that it didn't come, didn't happen that way. And, and they didn't have any reason to believe it would, but yet somehow they'd created that scenario in their minds. Mm-hmm. So do we not realize how big God is when it comes to worry and how much he loves us? I, I believe so. I think that there is this, again, he, he's using just really simple, mundane. He's, he's, he's standing in the field probably teaching the disciples, and he's talking, and he points, and he says, hey, look at the grass over there. <laughs> God's taking care yeah. of it. Look at the birds that are flying around here. They're, they're not a nuisance. God's taking care of them. And then it, it's like he looks you know, straight in the eye. And he said, if God is caring for these that are here today, I mean, the grass here today and tomorrow's thrown into the fire, how much more is he going to care for you? And that's going to be harvested. That's going to be mowed down. God's watching over the details, the, the, the minutia in this field. He's going to watch over your life. And, and, and I think there's a sense, you know, when, when we're alone in an issue, we feel it. And when somebody joins us in that process, there's a significant difference made. And, um, and, and I think that's what Christ is doing. Christ is saying, God, your father is joining you in the midst of this. Mm-hmm. Sean, do you think because people let us down and we've been disappointed that we sometimes transfer those feelings to God? Like, um, we think God might act the same way. We might be let down. Yeah. So then, then the worry can even kick in even more. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, it's a judgment that we make on other people, but also it's on our in our own hearts, our own value. Um, you know, if somebody mistreats us, then this little message says, well, maybe we deserve that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, m- maybe I wasn't who I should have been and they were disappointed with me. And so, and, and then we get that feeling from God. We're like, well, maybe God's just disappointed with me or I'm facing these troubles because we try to fill in the blank of cause and effect. And, and yet, again, he says, hey, each day has trouble. Don't be surprised by trouble. Don't be surprised by worrying situations or circumstances. Seek first his kingdom. Look to God. Um, d- don't go it alone. And certainly don't ever forget that God's watching over and mm-hmm. caring for you. And that, that he's right there in the midst of that with you. And uh, yeah, I, I think that was, it was phenomenal thoughts for the people there to that day. And I think it's, it still hits us like, wow, this is, this is where I'm struggling. I'm losing a lot of, I mean, it might be a lot of sleep or it might be just a lot of windshield time or a lot of desk time, whatever it is, because of worry. It's just, it's knotting me up and, I've, and I feel it on the inside. Mm-hmm. I love the passage in Philippians that says, don't worry about anything, but in all, um, but in everything, but in everything, ask yeah. God for what you need, but always asking with a thankful heart. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if we go to God with a heart that's full of worry or f- full of anxiety or what. Yeah. But we're supposed to go with a thankful heart. I love picturing the uh, the Heisman Trophy and and the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he's got this football tucked in, and yeah. and it's a it's an act classic pose moving forward. He's got the hand out, and um, if I can just picture myself as a football, and God is this powerful runner. He's we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I got you right here. I'm protecting you, 
and uh, you know it's it's a forward motion. Let's go, and, and there's things we need to do. Right? We have we have initiation, we have responsibility, but God's got us, and He's got us in a sure hand. It's a powerful, His His righteous right arm grabs hold of our right arm and says, "Do not fear. I'm with you." Yeah, I love it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to not think of you as a football now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, book the football back into the show. The football guy. Yeah, the football I'm, guy. I'm changing my picture on my website. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Sean, great to see you, and um, nice to have you here again. Thank always, you. Always a joy, Bill. Thank you for your time. Thanks, yeah. Rebecca. Yeah, Pastor Sean Winters has been my guest, his uh, senior pastor at calvarychurch.us, right here in Roseville, Minnesota. So he was nice enough to drive over and spend some time with us. Talking about worry, we could all um, need to take whatever is worrying us today, take it to the Lord and say, I'm leaving this with you. I'm going to come with a thankful heart and I've got, um, I'm going to pray and I'm going to leave it with you and I'm going to trust you for the results because thy will be done. And I'm going to just make that where I'm going to place my heart and what I'm going to just count on every day. So that wraps up our show. Have a great night, everyone. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.